It's yonder. It's harp, harporific, harpmatic, a lot of harp. You know, I was thinking, like, yonder, blue skies, clouds, and heavenly harps. You know, if you want a theme song with harp in it, if you, if you have the option, add harp. Uh, it's Jeff Robbins, back with another episode of the Yonder Podcast. This one's episode number six. And we'll be talking to Bree Reynolds, who is a senior career specialist and content director at FlexJobs, flexjobs.com, and knows all about flexible working, remote work. Uh, FlexJobs sort of has a, a, a wider variety than just remote work listing on their website, but they've been doing this for over 10 years now, and... Um, it's really interesting to hear about all the different aspects of it. In particular, the scams uh, that can sort of arise around remote work. Uh, and we'll be getting into all of that in a minute. But first, let me remind you to subscribe to the Yonder podcast. You can visit yonder.io and find links to iTunes and all sorts of places that you can subscribe to the Yonder podcast. You can also get on our mailing list and we will send you updates and notices about all sorts of things that are happening, mostly about this podcast being posted every two weeks. <laughs> uh, but you'll know. You'll get, you'll get an email in your inbox. You'll be in the know. And if you're a big fan, I want to encourage you to leave a review on iTunes uh, and let other people know about the podcast. Thanks. All right, let's get to our interview with Bree Reynolds. Bree Reynolds, welcome to the Yonder Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, let's start by, as we do, orienting people to where you are in the world. Uh, where do you, where do you live? Where are you talking to us from right now? Uh, I am in Dallas, Texas. I've been here for about four years now. Not originally a Texan, but a transplant. Um, and luckily got to bring my job with me. Thank you, remote work. <laughs> We've moved a lot over the last few years, but we were sort of settled in Dallas at the moment. Um, and then specifically within Dallas, I am in a guest bedroom in my house. So that's a very specific pinpoint. <laughs> uh, a little corner where my home office is. That seems to be the thing. It's the guest bedroom in the house. I've converted a guest bedroom in, in the house to my office. Uh, yep. We, we hear that a lot. <laughs> sort of the standard. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Um, tell us about FlexJobs and, and what FlexJobs does. Sure. So FlexJobs is a job search service. And what we do is specialize in a specific type of job. So anything that is flexible, kind of, you know, as the name goes. Um, flexible, we consider remote work, of course, and uh, part-time professional work. So anything that's kind of a professional level job, but with a part-time schedule. Uh, flexible or alternative scheduling. So things that don't, you know, adhere you to an in-office nine-to-five schedule all the time. And then freelance work, of course. Um, 
because that can be pretty flexible. So those are kind of all the flexibilities that we put on our job search site. And um, the, the reason we do that is because we want people to be able to find a place where if they need something flexible, they want more flexibility in their life or need it for whatever reason. I mean, there's so many reasons you could um, need flexibility that they can actually come to our site to find a really nice database of pre-screened professional level flexible jobs and uh, they don't have to worry about scams and ads and a million sales jobs that they have to sift through to find that one other type of job that they're interested in. It's all really curated, uh, flexible jobs. So it just makes it a lot easier if you're into that sort of thing to find the flexibility that you're looking for. And that's what we do. This, this is a thing that's come up before on, on this podcast that um, there's sort of the in in kind of the american psyche the american lore this the, you know the the work from home flyer that usually is on a telephone <laughs> pole right and and it's a it's a scam there are various types of scams like what talk talk to me a little bit about the the scams uh, you know that that people are trying to avoid uh when 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 they come to a website like yours, like what what's out there if people just sort of go out raw looking for work from home jobs? Yeah. Yeah. If you Google work from home, you will find all manner of fun stuff. Um, and so some of it is like you said, the flyers that you see or the emails that go directly to your spam box because they're clearly a scam. Um, and your email can tell that doesn't even want to bother you with them where you're going to make thousands of dollars working from home in your pajamas. Not that I have anything against working in pajamas. I do that on occasion. It's not the primary, Um, primary requirement for the job though. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If your your number one qualification is that you own a pair of pajamas, it's probably a scam right. job. If you don't need anything else to do that job, um, and then there's really on the other side of the spectrum, there's really sophisticated scams too. So there are scammers that uh, mimic websites. They basically take a one really well known company's name, their branding, their logo, um, even some of their job descriptions and just general information off of the real site, and they create a fake site that kind of lures people into thinking they're gonna be working for this company because they see that logo and they hear the same language and the URL looks pretty close, but it's not quite uh, the real company's URL. And uh, and yeah, people get lured in that way because they think they're dealing with a big name, well-known company when it's a, just a total scam. Um, and then you hear of things like uh, scams that require you to um, basically launder money where you are cashing checks and then sending a port a part of that check back to your quote unquote employer. Wow. But it, but it is a job my- though. technically you are working what you're doing technically Um, is illegal if you actually look at it holistically yeah yeah (laughs) yep um yeah or um reshipping scams where where um the company will send you quote unquote the scam company will send you uh a a computer software or um an actual like laptop or computer equipment that is stolen and ask you to repackage it into a new packaging thing and then ship it again. And again, that's just basically transferring stolen goods across state lines, country lines. Um, so it's, it's, you're mostly in service of people who are up to no good um, with these types of scam jobs. And it's, some of them are really obvious and a lot of people get taken in because they think, oh, I could totally spot a work from home scam. I see that stuff go into my spam box. I know what to look for. Right. Uh, and then they come across, you know, somebody, a recruiter reaches out on LinkedIn and says, hey, we saw your profile. We'd love to talk to you. 
And it turns out that recruiter works for a scam company that's either going to get you to work for a few weeks or a few months without actually paying you and then let you go. Or it's a real scam, like the Western Union type uh, wire transfers and um, envelope stuffing and all sorts of random jobs. But yeah, it's kind of a wide spectrum of junk. Wow. Wow. So it seems, (laughs) you know, um, as I've been talking to people about all of this, the, the theme of trust seems to come up a lot, right? Uh, how, if, if we don't have a central office, how are our customers going to trust us? How can we build trust and rapport between our employees uh, and, and that kind of stuff? How, how are you, you know, how, what's the role that trust plays in what FlexJobs is doing? Yeah, it is. It's a big thing. I mean, I even remember when I first started working from home, I worked for one company before FlexJobs that I worked from home for about a year before I um, stumbled across FlexJobs. And I remember after I took that job thinking, wait, I just accepted a job with a company that I've never physically been in, um, with people that I've never met in person. How do I know this even exists? I was like, I had a moment of, did I just make a huge mistake in taking this job? Um, and it is, yeah, the trust factor is huge. And even among remote teams, um, you know, you might've been working with people for months or years and it's still, there's that baseline of trust that you really need to have in order to function as a team um, that doesn't see each other all the time. Something about that physical in-person interaction builds trust faster. I don't know if that's some sort of evolutionary thing or what. I think it totally is an evolutionary thing. I mean, it's just, yeah, how we're, how we're wired. Uh, Yeah. look, Look each other in the eye decide. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so we, at flex jobs, we sort of just try to, uh, you know, build a, an incredibly trustworthy site. Um, that's one of the big things we work with uh, a lot of employers. I think we have about four or 5,000 employers on the site right now currently posting jobs. Um, and a lot more than that who've, who've previously posted jobs. They just don't have anything open right now. And, uh, and it's, it's really about vetting those companies. So that's one of the big things that for job seekers coming to our site, they find pre-screened companies. So we have a team of job researchers who actually go out, they find um, flexible job listings, they screen the company for a dozen or more criteria um, to make sure that that company is actually a legitimate company before they post the job to our site. We also have companies that come to us directly to post jobs and we screen all of those and each job before it gets on the site. So that's one of the big factors that we you know, put into place to build the trust with our, our customers um, coming on the site. And also really just trying to build up uh, our our expertise in this area. Um, you know, looking at scam jobs for the past almost 10 years really gives us kind of a unique vantage point to help people spot them. Um, so we offer a lot of information on our blog, which is totally free. Uh, part of our, our, our job search, um, uh, customers have, it's a subscription model basically. So at FlexJobs, they come, they pay a monthly or yearly fee and they get access to all of the job listings. But we do a lot of public outreach, just alerting people of scams, you know, no matter what job search site you're using, whether it's us or another one, here are the things you need to watch out for. If you use our site, you're not going to find that sort of stuff because we keep it out. Um, but for any site that you're on, we just try to educate people as much as possible. So, Right. Cool. So so it, you're saying uh, in addition to FlexJobs uh, offering listings of remote jobs and and generally more flexible jobs uh the company flex jobs is also remote you work remotely in in uh, dallas 
Yeah. Yep. Remote. I have a couple co-workers in the Texas area, um, but our CEO lives in Boulder. So we technically say we're based in Boulder. Um, we've got people all over the U.S. Uh, I forget how many, I think 26 or 27 states now um, in Hawaii, which I'm very jealous of <laughs> the person that works in Hawaii. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were totally remote and have been since the beginning. Except Hawaii, they have to get up very early for those uh, yeah. phone calls with the East Coast. Um, but you know, then it's a beautiful sunrise. <laughs> exactly. There are there are a lot of perks that go along with that early rise. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so tell me a, a little bit about uh, um, Flex Jobs as as a company. Um, how did the company get started, and and kind of what what's the role that Remote played in the evolution of the company of Flex Jobs? Sure. Yeah. So we, uh, we were founded in 2007. Uh, our CEO is Sarah Sutton Fell, and she founded the company pretty much out of her own experience of trying to find a flexible job. So she was seven months pregnant with her first son. Uh, this was in 2006. And she was laid off in her third trimester uh, and looking for work, which she will readily tell anybody is not easy to try to find a new job when you are seven months pregnant. Mm. There's unfortunately a lot of uh, immediate kind of dismissal in that sort of situation. And um, so she was looking. She also really wanted something that was flexible. She knew she wanted to maintain her career, but she wanted something that would either allow her to work from home uh, or have a flexible schedule, some combination of that. She had worked that way before in previous roles um, on and off, and she knew other people that were doing it. So she knew that these jobs were out there somewhere, but she was having a really hard time finding them uh, because there were just so many scams out there and junk and bogus business opportunities and all the kind of stuff that we get rid of now. Um, and so she thought, well, forget it. <laughs> Instead of job searching, why don't I create a place where everybody can find this kind of work because mm -hmm. um, she knew it was out there. And so she thought, well, that'll solve two problems. It'll give me a job. It'll give me a really flexible job because I can build it. You know, she can build it the way she wants and, uh, and it'll be remote from the start. She'll work from home. She knew like that's ultimately really, you know, what she wanted to do. So she founded flex jobs in early 2007 um, and went from there, started a, kind of a, acquiring staff one by one, very, very slowly. Um, but yeah, we've just grown since then. And yeah. so is, is there a central office or is everyone distributed? We're totally distributed. So we, we say we're based in Boulder because that's where Sarah is, but uh, we're, we have no actual office location. We're all home workers. Nice. So let's talk a, a little bit about semantics. This seems to come up in every <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, um, you've used home workers, distributed, remote. What you must have to deal with all of the terms. What are the terms that you use and prefer? <laughs> These are th those Ooh. are different questions. What do you yes. use? Question mark. <laughs> and what do you prefer? Question mark. Um, yeah, those are. They're kind of different questions. So um, at Flex Jobs, in terms of when we're outreaching to job seekers, we tend to use telecommuting and now more so remote work that's come up in the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, telecommuting originally because that's really what it was called. I mean, 10 years ago, that sure. was sort of the big... Uh, if you were looking for something legitimate, you, you were looking for telecommuting. Because you had um, to do it over the telephone. You plug in your modem exactly. and it made that noise and... Yep. <laughs> yep. Whereas I can't remember the last time I used, you know, a landline <laughs> to do much with my job. But right. yeah, telecommuting at the time. Um, so we still use that a lot. It is still a really popular search term for job seekers who are looking for that sort of work. 
Um, we steer clear of work from home except to just casually describe, sure. you know, literally what we're doing. Um, because there are so many scams, we just are always trying to tell people, don't use work from home if you want to find a real job. Uh, and then remote work is really in the last few years, we've taken that up um, quite a bit because, I mean, it is, I know some people, and it, it, I feel I could go many ways on this. Some people feel that remote work is, it, it's kind of distant sounding. It makes you feel like you're away from what's really happening. You're remote, mm-hmm. you're isolated. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've heard of distributed and we don't really call ourselves that, not for any particular reason, but remote and telecommuting seem to be the ones that we we've stuck with. Um, and yeah, it's interesting, the semantics thing that always comes up. We actually, uh, we sort of did a primer for people on our blog of all of the different terms that you might come across. And if there are our differences, what are the differences between those and all that kind of stuff? Because it is really confusing, especially if you're not in this world yet, you know, for somebody who's worked in an office their whole lives, and they're looking for a telecommuting job or whatever you'd want to call it. Um, they don't know what, what phrases should I even use to find that? Um, and basically use them all. <laughs> it's kind of our, use them all except work from home. Uh, yeah. And we actually also came up with a, a phrase, trad, um, mm-hmm. recently where we uh, we hosted this forum in Washington, D.C., which was actually an in-person event, which was kind of fun. Um, but trad, describing telecommuting, remote, and distributed, T-R-A-D. Um, so trad works. We say, you know, it's trad is rad, basically. It's <laughs> kind of how we remember it. <laughs> we like to work that way yeah it's it's um it, it's a little frustrating that there's there's not like sort of the words around this i i i, I joke that eventually we'll just refer to it as work uh, yes I but, hope so. <laughs> but for the time being i'm i'm working on a book um about all of this and i, I pretty much got like an entire chapter just as a glossary early on in the book, just, just it's like, yeah. Hey, we, you know, I'm going to use the word remote sometimes and distributed sometimes. And it's all basically the same thing. Um, you know, there's different, I, I've sort of come up with my own different connotations for each, but it's, it's all, um, shades of gray, really. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Talk, talk to me a bit about the process for people uh, who are hiring uh, distributed, I'll call them distributed employees. Perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, um, this must be something that y- you are kind of at the um, crossroads of, uh, that there's sort of this question of, okay, if I'm going to hire someone who's not walking into my office how am I going to hire them? And uh, most of the companies that I have on this podcast have, have conquered that and sort of figured that out for themselves. They figure it out kind of differently. Some do test projects, some do video uh, conferencing calls and stuff like that. What what do you sort of advise uh, FlexJobs customers, companies uh, who, who are looking to hire but trying to figure out how to hire remote people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we see it all for sure. Because we I mean, the companies on our site, some of them are, you know, very traditional, large brick and mortar companies uh, that are just starting out with hiring remote workers. And it might be people who work remotely a little bit. Um, so they work from home, maybe two or three days a week, or a few times a month, uh, it might be people who work remotely all the time. Um, so there's a big, a big wide range. And so and we do have also fully remote companies on our team, too, that mm-hmm. 
hire people to work uh, remotely all the time. Um, so it is, it's a wide range. Um, we, we don't advise people specifically, but just in general, we really try to encourage companies to do what works for them in their situation. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are looking for that, you know, roadmap of one size fits all. This is how mm-hmm. you should hire and manage your remote team. <laughs> and if you do X, Y, and Z, everything will work out perfectly. Um, and really, I mean, the companies that we see thriving with this are the ones that develop their own systems. So right. we see some companies that will do um, video interviews. They, they swear by video interviews. They like them. They really want to see people, um, if at all possible. We have some people who just do phone interviews they, or Skype or whatever. You know, they, the audio is the most important part to them. Um, and then we have some companies who even for their distributed teams will still do in-person interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll fly people in just to have that kind of personal connection, which can be really nice and important on even remote teams. Um, but it, it just kind of ultimately depends on what works for each company. And I think a lot of it is trial and error, uh, to be honest. I mean, even internally at FlexJobs, that's how we came up with all of our communication tools was through trial and error. Just try, you know, this one, see if it works. Try that one, see if it works. Do we like to, uh, chat and I am more, or are we a video kind of team, you know, uh, just testing out different things. So I think the, the main thing is with companies, we really encourage them to develop their own system. And when they're trying things, if something doesn't work, if they hire someone to work on a distributed team and that hire doesn't work out, don't think that it's the end of your program. <laughs> don't think that this, if this one thing doesn't work out, that's it. You're pulling in everybody, everybody back in the office. Um, that it really, it's it's going to be some trial and error. And it's the exact same as when you're hiring in an office that not everybody is going to work out. Um, you know, even in the most perfect in-office environment, you still hire people who may or may not ultimately be there, you know, in a year or two. Sure. So. Yeah. 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 I've heard, um, I've heard tell of, of companies conducting their interviews over instant messaging text chat, basically, um, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're starting to see that a little more. It's funny because even just a couple years ago, that would have been one of our number one signs that a company was a oh, scam was company. A scam company, sure. Yeah. Because most of what we heard were people being scammed by these, you know, they'd chat for five minutes right. and then be offered a position and, oh, all you have to do is enter your credit card information here and you've got the job. And, and now more companies are actually using chat as a legitimate interviewing technique. So it's tricky. It's tricky yeah. from a job seeker's perspective, from the companies, but I wow. mean, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. I, th- there's the, an interesting uh, like correlation between sort of the the fidelity of the connection and the ability to build trust, right? That the text chat, who knows who you're talking to, whereas, you know, getting them on the phone or a video chat would be even better or in person somehow feels more legit. It doesn't actually mean yeah, <laughs> they yep. are more legit. There are certainly scam companies that bring people in for interviews. But, um, but it's just sort of interesting that Again, that sort of evolutionary nature of things. Um, yeah, the scale of, of connectivity or connect- <laughs> connectedness. Um, you know, the more physically connected, the more trusting you feel, I guess, of a of a situation. This is a good uh, segue um, because it sounds like you've had some experience with existing companies that are transitioning to uh, remote work, distributed work, um, and this idea. As I've talked to. Um, conventional companies who are thinking about this, this seems to be the kind of the biggest fear is 
it, it's a it's kind of a nebulous fear. It's this sort of general <laughs> like, but if I don't see people, how can I trust them? Um, and uh, and and how how. What's what's been your experience with that? What when uh, when you've seen companies that have been transitioning, um, and you sort of alluded to this a little bit earlier, like just because one doesn't work out, it doesn't mean they're they're all not going to work out, or just because one little test case didn't work doesn't mean that uh, that Yahoo or Best Buy needs to call in all of their remote workers and <laughs> say remote work is out. Uh, um, you know, but talk talk to me a little bit about uh, your experience, Flex Jobs experience with that stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's tricky. Cause yeah, you, you, we do, um, work with some companies that are sort of brand new to this. They're really testing it out for the first time. And, um, and uh, one of the things that we've found that works pretty well for us and that seems to resonate, um, with other companies is, I think you had mentioned this before is doing a little bit of a test. Um, and it depends on the role. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work quite as well, depending on what you're hiring for. But, um, but having people uh, perform some aspect of the job remotely and see how they do. Um, so when we're hiring, we have a, a team of, of writers that research each of, each of the companies on our site and write descriptions for those companies. So it's a kind of unique description of that company and it's coming from a flexibility perspective and what does that company do to support work-life balance and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and so the writers, uh, we sort of assign as part of the interview process, a little test and say, okay, you know, take about 20, 30 minutes to do this, uh, research this company, yada, yada, yada. And we get, you know, a, a good indication of, you know, can they really do the work? Um, and especially remotely, because in a remote environment, you know, you wouldn't necessarily have somebody to knock on their door and say, Hey, I have a question about this thing that you just assigned me. I mean, there are ways to virtually knock on someone's <laughs> door, of course, but, but a lot of what we do is kind of independent work. Um, and so, so a test can be a kind of a nice way of, or a, a, um, project, a little mini project to just see where people are at, where they're coming from. Can they do kind of the base base of the work, base level stuff? Um, and, and also a really, I, with companies that are just testing this out, a big piece of it is before you even start hiring, um, really getting a plan in place for what what is the purpose of your program? Um, what are you hoping to get out of it? Is it tied to business objectives? Is it tied to your overall company goals? Uh, do you if you thought of ways to measure the effectiveness of this program um, instead of just kind of jumping in, which for some companies jumping in works fine. I think it really it's uh, I hate to keep saying it's case by case basis, but I think for some companies jumping in works fine. But for others, really getting a good understanding of what why they're launching a distributed team or a remote work program and what they hope to see from that and how they think it will function, how they would like it to function, and just kind of thinking about it before you actually start doing it, I think can really help. I think in the cases where, where you had mentioned where companies um, pull their remote workforces and have everybody come back into the office, it's because it's sort of, in, it seems like in those situations, things got a little bit out of control. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had people who were working from home that never checked in with a manager. People were never talking to that person ever, either on IM or uh, video or phone or whatever, just to see, you know, what are you doing on a daily right. basis? Yeah. Um, and so Did that, and it's because I think there wasn't an overarching system in place to kind of help guide people in 
how to manage people and how to be a remote worker. Um, so yeah. Remote workers need to be managed as remote workers. It's a different process. Uh, you can't, as you say, knock on the door and just sort of check to see how somebody's doing. Uh, you know, you have to deal with things differently. Um, I really like Mm -hmm. your idea of, of making sure that you've got clear goals. I think what happens sometimes is, is it ends up being sort of more of a gut kind of gut reaction rather than a more metric based kind of thing. It's sort of like, Mm -hmm. well, they went home and I feel like I didn't see them. I, uh, you know, I don't know if they're working. Uh, yep. and, and there's not that sort of um, adjustment of management, adjustment of communication styles, uh, that with the goals, you can say, okay, well, here, here's our goals is to um, have more employee retention, have higher, better people uh, who are looking for flexibility. Uh, and then what do we need to do on our side in right. order to, in order to do that? Like we should probably, I don't know, you know, set up phone calls, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's very true. It's that managing remote workers is different than managing in office workers. And the kind of the interesting thing is that whenever we talk about managing remote workers and what goes into that, a lot of the principles also translate really well to an office. So managing in an office doesn't necessarily translate to managing remote workers. Absolutely. But when you're talking about managing remote workers, I mean, things like proactive communication, making sure that you're really reaching out to people on a regular basis to say, hey, what are your, your pain points? Where are your blockers? What can we, what can I help you overcome? You know, what are your big accomplishments from this week? Um, and, and just checking in with people. I mean, that's something that would work great in an office. Just because you physically see someone in the office doesn't mean that they're having a good time or getting things done or being, you know, a productive worker. Um, and so I think that's the nice thing is that once companies start to adopt remote management practices, they can kind of flip those and use them in the office for good results, too. Um Absolutely. I, we keep talking about sort of the evolutionary nature of trust and communication. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of nonverbal communication stuff that can happen in a co-located uh, space um, that can't happen in a remote space. And so we need to kind of move along the evolutionary scale yeah. and kind of like, okay, I need to use my cerebrum for this and, and think about what I want to say and, and express it uh, in words. Yes. Uh, and it's just kind of good practice everywhere, really, to, to at least have that skill uh, rather than just sort of grunting at things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Less grunting. Yes, more, less. more more full sentences. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Express yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about flex jobs, the company and sort of how, uh, the culture and processes have, have evolved for you. Um, I'm guessing that you're, you get at least to see a lot of the way that your, your customers are, are, are working and pick up a lot of tricks from them. So I'm guessing you guys have a lot of really great tricks. Um, (laughs) what's it like to work at flex jobs? What, what are, what are the, um, sort of systems and practices that you have in place around being a distributed company? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at flex jobs, uh, I, when I started back in 2010, I was number nine. Um, so there were very few of us. We all reported to Sarah, the CEO is, you know, kind of typical quote unquote startup environment. Um, very open. We had regular meetings, but it was, um, super casual. And then of course, as you grow 
you try to solidify things a little bit more, um, get some norms and customs in place. And one of the biggest overarching things with how FlexJobs works and our systems and processes is that it's really always been about the people at our company. Um, and one of the, I think the biggest examples of that is that we, from a pretty early start uh, as a small company, a startup tech company, um, we've mo- almost always, I think, let's see, my, I think it started my fifth year, fourth, third or fourth year, we had a, an HR person, mm-hmm. um, which I think is not super common um, with these small and growing companies. We had somebody who was really dedicated to uh, building and growing the team, um, developing the team internally. Um, I mean, one of the best things, so I started off as a part-time company description writer and I was freelance, um, uh, worked, uh, you know, 20 hours a week, I think it was at the time and just kind of grew out of that and eventually became the director of the content team. And one of the biggest things for me was having our HR person who's now her official title is director of people and culture, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have her really develop being de- developing the leaders in our team, I thought that was fantastic. Really being a go-to person to say, how do we do this? How do we manage remotely? You know, we're, we're a distributed team. This is how we work. But we still need to really focus on this and learn the best practices for doing this type of thing. Um, and so it, it was very a very concerted, focused effort on structurally building a management team that understands how to manage remotely, um, which I loved. And uh, just in terms of systems and processes, we have a number of different communications tools. Um, So I think everybody kind of likes to talk shop (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) remote tools. Um, So we use one of our biggest things is Sococo, which is that virtual kind of office environment. Have you heard Um, of that one? Yeah, I have. It's uh, is this the one that it's actually sort of like graphical? Yeah, it's like a blueprint. Right. You can kind of see people sort of, quote unquote, walking through the office. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it looks like an aerial view of an office if you took the roof off of that office and you uh-huh. were looking down. So you can see all the different offices and meeting rooms. And it's, it's interesting because we didn't have that for the first three or four years that we were around. And it was fine. We all worked great. Uh, things were going well. And then when we got Sococo, it was like this light bulb went off of, oh, you know, this is as close to feeling the positive things of being in an office where it's like you kind of know your colleagues are there and you can see them and you see who's working at that moment. So if you have a question, you can literally just look instead of looking for their name in a list. Right. It's again, kind of that evolutionary thing. You saw their little icon sitting in their office and you can go, Oh, okay, they're there. Let me just knock on their door. There's actually a thing to knock on their virtual door. Um, so it was, it was, it kind of bridged that evolutionary gap. Um, for us a little bit. So that's been really nice. And you can do a lot of things in there. You can video chat, um, share screens, do instant message chat. Um, it's really, it's a nice tool. So we've enjoyed that. We use Slack, of course. We, I think we were kind of late in getting to Slack compared to a lot of other companies. I think everyone feels like they were late in getting to Slack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we started um, just this past year, I think. And, uh, but that's been great. I love it. But I, I, that I prefer to chat that way too. Anyway, I love kind of just constant day long chats going back and forth with people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of emoji use. Uh, but then we also use, you know, uh, Gmail is kind of the base of our email system. So we've got uh, Google chat in there. Um, we use Yammer as kind of a company message board, you know, share 
pictures of your kiddos dressed up for Halloween, um, share recipes of your Christmas cookies, like all the, you know, just the water cooler conversations yep. yeah. that we <laughs> talk about. Um, that's what happens on Yammer. And we use join me also for a lot of our, um, uh, regular meetings. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece of our structure too. We do have regular meetings for each team, some team it's different for each team. So the marketing team, for example, meets once a week. Um, the strategy team, which is our management team meets once a week, but then our content team meets once a month. I think our job researchers meet a couple times a month. So it depends on the team. It's very flexible in terms of like it, whatever works for your team is right. what ultimately that manager can decide to do. Um, so there's no mandated, everyone must we meet weekly all the time. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, been kind of our standard structure. Um, do you have in-person retreats or anything like that? We do. Yeah, we do for some teams. Um, so for example, our marketing team, part of, I, I straddle between content and marketing. Mm -hmm. And so our marketing team meets yearly strategy team, same thing. Um, our employer team, which they work with the companies on our site, um, and then some of our other companies or other teams don't meet as often, or some of them don't meet at all. Actually, it just depends on the nature, like with the job researchers and the writers, their work is very independent. Um, it's really more of a freelance role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, it just doesn't lend itself well to that sort of thing, but yep. for kind of the core, like employee side of the company, we do in-person retreats and love them. It really is. It's a, I, I really look forward to doing those. Um, we all have a great time and they're quick. We do really fast retreats. So we fly in, um, in the afternoon, uh, usually we go to Boulder, um, and there's a lovely hotel that we stay at and everybody's kind of in the same place. And we fly in, we have dinner that night. And then the next morning we meet from about eight to noon and we have lunch and then we're on a plane back home. Wow. So, really fast. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Uh, I think in the same way that uh, uh, we need to get more intentional about most communication, I, the the companies that I've talked to, uh, distributed companies that I've talked to, also need to get get intentional about culture. Uh, and although I think the typical thinking is when you think remote work, uh, it's you know people kind of working out of their inbox. So they kind of live in a darkened room and, and <laughs> don't and don't have much interaction with the outside world. Um, but I've really found that kind of the opposite is true. That that a lot of companies have like really figured out culture, arguably better than co-located companies. Um, Talk to me about the the work that you've done uh, that that FlexJobs has done, thinking about culture and kind of what that means to the company. Yeah, it really it's been very um, strategic on our part to to really develop the company's culture. So we are we we have sort of certain I, I guess you would call them values. Um, I don't know if we've ever specifically labeled labeled them like the FlexJobs values, but. Mm -hmm. Um, certain values that we we just tend to go by and that sort of inform our day-to-day -day work and, and just the long-term view of the company. So things like um, integrity, honesty, quality, um, and they're not chosen just because they're good things to kind of aspire to because those they're really the most important things to us. Um, and that goes for our outer culture as well. So when we're you know working with customers and companies, um, and job seekers, we use those same things with them. So it's kind of an inside outside uh, value system. 
And as far as the culture goes, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things is that our culture is about is connecting each other. So even though we're all distributed, um, it doesn't feel like we're far away. We have uh, trivia one, uh, once every couple of weeks, uh, kind of like afternoon <laughs> trivia on a Friday. Um, and we have one of our, we, we use the cocoa for that. We jump between offices. We all have teams that we work off of wow. and, and it's, it's fun. Te- it's team. <laughs> it's, it's distributed team trivia. That's distributed like, team trivia. It's that, yeah. a sort of technical challenge if, if you think about it, but I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's really, it's a great time. And we, the really nice thing about stuff like that, we also do um, virtual yoga classes and belly dancing, which are two <laughs> things that, <laughs> Um, especially belly dancing. I have not yet heard of another remote company that does belly dancing classes. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, it actually came from a couple of our writers who, who teach that that's, you know, they write for us, um, part-time freelance. And then they also are their yoga instructor and a belly dancer. And so we said, Hey, do you want to, you know, do a class for everybody? So, uh, you know, every other week they, they trade off. Um, and it really comes at really like valuing what our team brings to the table outside of, what their professional skill is. So what do they do outside of flex jobs? We all have lives outside of flex jobs. And that's, I guess, another piece of our culture while I'm kind of stream of consciousness talking about this, (laughs) um, is that we all so value the stuff that we do outside of work. That's such a huge piece of who we are that we bring it into work. So our trivia master is a trivia master at the bar in his town Uh every week. He, that's what he does. He runs the trivia night at the bar. Um, so we thought, okay, well, you can do that for us <laughs> as well. We, everybody loves trivia and you've got the skill. Um, and we have, you know, brown bag lunches, we call them, where we have people um, who have certain hobbies or interests outside of work, then they'll talk about those to whoever's interested. You can sign up for this. It's like a web conferencing um, brown bag. So we did one on health and wellness the other day that one of our um, team members did. Um, I did one on organizing because I'm a giant nerd when it comes to like organizing and processes <laughs> at home and at work. Um, but we really value the whole person at Flex Jobs. Everybody yeah. who everybody at our team has something or many things to offer that have nothing to do with what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to tap into that. Yeah, that's neat. Um, at Lullabot, we had a um, meditation group for a while. I don't know if that's still happening, but uh, oh, cool! So that's yeah, that'd be an interesting awesome. one to kind of all get together and not talk to each other. Yes, <laughs> and just kind of go inside. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the I really like this idea of sort of uh, bringing people's outside experience in and kind of thinking about the whole person because I mean that's. Certainly something that's happened at Lullabot. Uh, I, I think I've seen that some with other distributed companies. Again, it's this sort of like trying to go beyond as you're rethinking the way that sort of conventional work has been done, the way that conventional businesses are. How can you rethink even holistically how you accept and bring your um, people into the, into the company? Yeah, Um, I think too often people really in traditional jobs, and I'm sure this happens at some remote companies also, but in sort of those traditional environments, they feel like they have to put that part of them aside when they get to work. So you have kids, you have pets, you have people, you know, elderly parents that you're caring for, like whatever you have going on outside of the office. I think a lot of people feel like they can't they can't bring that into the office. They have to very much separate them. 
And I don't know if it's a product of when you're a distributed company, a lot of people work from home. I mean, there's co-working spaces and all that, but most people I think still work from that guest bedroom in their home. Um, so, so physically separating yourself from your home life is, is not happening. I mean, it's just not physically there. And, and I think bringing that part, it just makes people feel so comfortable and supported that no matter, you know, what they have going on, whether it's really fun, great stuff, um, and hobbies and interests that they have, or if it's the really hard stuff. I mean, we've had folks on our team who have gotten cancer diagnoses and, um, and just, you know, really difficult stuff to deal with and being able to just be open and honest and know, and without the fear of having, you know, I know I have to tell my boss this, but I don't know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. I don't have to be afraid. I can just say it. Um, which is, again, I think if it happens more at remote companies, I think it's still a really great lesson that could be brought into traditional offices, kind of like remote management. Yeah. It all translates really well. It's just, you know, we're whole people. And, and especially at flex jobs, I mean, our whole goal is to help people find jobs that better fit their lives. Yep. So if we can't do that internally, then we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to the communication and trust. Uh, you have to allow uh, a, a certain vulnerability that... Um, in an in an office environment, there's so much about body language and uh, presence and stuff that when people are not doing, they're frustrated, they're angry, their work is not going well. They kind of can't hide it so well as you could mm-hmm. in a in a remote environment. I mean, you th- people talk about Facebook, right, and how people only post positive things on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're sort of taking a lot of the lessons from sort of online culture from social networks and trying to apply them to the work environment. Um, that's great. We can all connect that way, but we need to also come up with a way that people can post when they're frustrated and when things aren't working. And we can, as management, we can accept that, uh, and, and allow the sort of whole, whole humanity of, of, uh, of people, um, in order to help and ultimately do a better job and be more successful, not just in the, in the work, but also, uh, oftentimes with all those personal things as well. Yep, Exactly. Talk to me about remote.co. What's the what's FlexJobs relationship with Remote Co? Yes, Remote Co. So they they're a sister site. Um, our CEO Sarah founded Remote Co. Also, so we're we call them sort of a sister organization. Um, and Remote Co. is it kind of came out of the um, a lot of the work that we do in just casual conversations and talking to companies and trying to help companies with this whole remote work thing. So companies that aren't doing it you know, from the ground up or companies that are doing it from the ground up and just want to really be strategic about it and, and think it through. And what does it mean to be a remote company? What does it mean to have distributed teams? Um, and so remote co kind of came through all of those conversations. We realized there wasn't really one place to go for that information. Um, so one kind of comprehensive resource, there are a lot of great resources out there, but they're pretty scattered um, and finding it all in one place was kind of the goal. So Remote Co. became this resource for um, companies and individuals who are interested in remote work, whether you're already doing it all the time uh, or you're just thinking about it for your company and you haven't, you don't have anybody who's working remotely yet. Um, you know, kind of the, it runs the whole gamut, but really just it's a, a place for resources for that sort of thing, best practices for management, for hiring, um, for systems and, and processes, 
uh, all that sort of stuff. And so one of the biggest things at Remote Co. is we've done um, interviews with remote companies such as Lullabot. And it's we, true. Uh, yes, we, uh, we interviewed, I think it's over 108 or something like that now, or it's over 100 for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies, uh, leaders at companies that work mostly or completely remotely. And basically find out how do you do what you do? How did you get started? Were you always remote? Did you, you know, ditch your office after a couple of years? How do you hire people? How do you manage them? How, you know, everything, you know, I think it's a huge questionnaire. It's like 35 questions or something (laughs) like that. Uh, It takes a while, as you might know, um, to fill out, but it's a great resource just to get an idea of how do companies do this? How do they actually make it work? Right. Um, So yeah, that was the idea there. Yeah. Similar to the reason that yonder started was the same sort of thing it's like how how can how can we speak eloquently about this without kind of getting a a cross section of how other people are doing this um yep exactly and so we get them on the podcast (laughs) yeah and i've been i've listened to a few um episodes of this podcast too and uh it's uh, it's amazing to me how Every company approaches things differently. They from yep. different perspectives, from their own experience in different, you know, work environments that people have been in. It's amazing that this whole remote thing, there's so many ways to do it. <laughs> there's so many ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. That it's there's so much many different ways to do it and yet it's interesting to see also a lot of the similarities um, mm-hmm. where where things have uh, everybody's kind of figured out the same stuff. Um all right. So a couple of basic questions. Uh, well, uh, common questions, uh, questions that I ask on every podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, talk to me about how, uh, being distributed as a company, maybe your company or, or how, how you've observed this with, uh, flex jobs, uh, customers. Um, how does it make things harder? Mm, yes. The, the, the question, <laughs> how does it make things harder? I think there are, I mean, there are some points of friction. Um, when you're working remotely, I think it also has to do with the scheduling component too. So I, a lot of times with remote teams, there's also the the thing where you're not working on the same schedule necessarily. So I know some teams Mm -hmm. have adopted core business hours where for, you know, four or five hours a day, everybody is expected to be working during those hours. Um, and some don't. And so I think there, you know, that poses a little bit of friction, um, time zones. I I've been working remotely since 2009. Um, and I still have to go, okay, wait, I am in central time and this person is in the Pacific subtract two hours or add two hours or whatever, you know, like just around and around your mind that, that extra few seconds each time you're figuring out um, when a meeting is being scheduled is probably one of the tiniest annoyances (laughs) of working from home. Um, But there are little, just little things like that, I think. And communication wise, you really have to be a good, um, not only communicator, but a, a good interpreter of what other people are saying, because it, there's no body language. I mean, there is, so for video chat, of course, there is more body language um, than if you're just using the phone or chat. But depending on the technology, there's there's no body language or there's no tone of voice if you're just doing, you know, you know type, typed in chat. Yep. Um, and so really being a good interpreter of 
of people's personalities and what they what they're actually saying when they say that thing and is there all the different factors that you have to think about you know their sense of humor their um their workload anything that might be stressing them out or making them happy or anything in between and just kind of putting that all in as you process and interpret what someone is saying to you um you know it takes it takes building up that skill for sure and it also takes the i think the the biggest thing is getting comfortable with saying I'm not sure I understand, you know, can you say it a different way? Can let me ask you a question about that? Really? Um, I don't know if pushing back is the right word, because it's not even sort of that, you know, aggressive type of thing, but just really getting clarity around stuff and not being afraid to ask for clarity. And I say that as somebody who I was always the person who sat in the back of the classroom, did not want to raise my hand, <laughs> did not want to be a part of that yeah. back and forth. So it's a skill for me, I've really had to develop, um, you know, for some people, it's a little bit easier. But but really just the the communicating and interpreting of information, I think, can be a little bit more difficult depending on your innate skills in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And then all of the problems that come with miscommunication and sort of the unraveling uh, misunderstandings and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yeah. yes. Getting to the core of what is everyone really trying to say here <laughs> and how do we apply it? Yeah, yeah. So the flip side of that... What's easier? What's what's better? Oh boy, there's so uh, there's so less distracting stuff going on. It's so much less distracting. Um, I and I I'm the type of person who enjoys a quiet workspace. I get very easily distracted in offices if there's noise going on. I worked in one office that had the open office plan, and it was like my nightmares come to oh, life. Yeah. I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't deal with that. Um, and so having, you know, my own, the control, I think it really, it's not just the distractions, it's the control of your office environment. So you're controlling whether you're distracted or not. If I really need to buckle down and get work done, I'm not going to be available in Slack or Sococo. I'm going to shut those things off. It's kind of like shutting your door, except nobody can then come knock on my door if I shut those things off. It really is like an added level of control. And you control the comfort of your office environment. So it's your desk and your chair and what you choose. The temperature is yours to pick. Um, the music. All that kind of, the music, <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Or the lack thereof. Sometimes I, I realize I just sat in silence the entire day. I did not listen to one thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it really, I mean, it's ultimately just the being able to really control your work environment and make it exactly what you want it to be. And, of course, there's times when you can't. I mean, there's times when I definitely need to be available um, for other people or there's meetings or, you know, whatever. Um, but really, there's just so much more control. It makes everything everything easier, I think. <laughs> On the last interview I did, um, uh, Jake Goldman from 10Up brought up this idea of that uh, – maybe extroverts aren't as good at doing remote work as introverts might inherently be. Um, have you seen any sort of trend around that with, with all of the remote workers that you've seen over time? Oh, I love this question because I, I love the, I love personality type stuff. I'm a, I'm a super introvert, um, like textbook introvert. And, uh, and my husband is a textbook extrovert and he actually hates working from home. So if you were going by huh, just the two yeah. of us, you would think, yes, <laughs> the, uh, the founder of 10 up is correct. Um, but I, I've also seen it work the total opposite way. And where I know there are a lot of extroverts on our team who do a really good job. And I think one of the biggest advantages that extroverts have is that willingness to speak up 
and, and ask questions and say what's on their mind and get clarity around stuff. Whereas I, I, I'm such a processor. I really like to sit with information for a while and think about it Mm -hmm. and then come back to it. So if we're having a meeting and it's discussion and back and forth, there might be a point where I say like, Oh, I just, I need to think about that. Right. Um, and I think extroverts are just a lot better at really asking questions and getting into stuff right on the spot, which I so admire. Um, so I think, I think it depends really. I don't know if it's introversion versus extroversion or if it's more preference, other preferences. Um, so my husband's a a big extrovert. He just really likes physically being around people during the day when he works from home, he's in my office every five minutes. What are you doing? What are you working on? What are you doing? Um, and, and he just likes to, to be physically around people. Um, so I don't know if it's the extroversion thing so much as he just likes likes that interaction. Although I guess that is introversion, extroversion. Now that I think about it, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I guess it's said that that introversion, extroversion isn't so much how you act. It's kind of where you get your energy. Are you yes. recharged from being around people, or are you recharged by being by yourself? And uh, um, yeah, I'd like to think that there's a situation for. Uh, b- both those personality types uh in in this type of work um but the uh the research continues <laughs> yes yeah i like to think so too i think i think anybody if you can adapt and and, and understand your own strengths and weaknesses i think anybody could could excel at this if they're willing yeah. to to do that that's there, the tricky part <laughs> and there are environments where you can kind of quote unquote be around a lot of people um you know, conference calls and, and, uh, uh, even Slack to some extent, you know, you can kind of be out there. Um, I know early on in Lullabot, uh, I would have entire days where I was, you know, just sitting behind the computer all day, but we'd be text chatting and, you know, various things or maybe hopping on the phone and, and I would realize like, Oh, it's, it's been two days since I actually (laughs) left the house, but I, totally don't feel isolated don't feel like i've been stuck in the house you know that that kind of conventional uh, yes uh, yep i feel the same way yeah same way and every now and then like i'll go to the local library or the coffee shop those are my two if i'm really feeling like i just want to be around interaction and a lot of times it has to when i'm really tired I find that going to those places helps because it, it just there's so much more sensory stuff going on that it kind of keeps you on your toes and awake a little bit more. Yeah, and it keeps um, you on track. You're less likely to kind of uh, my mind wanders and I think I should go do the dishes or yeah or kind of go <laughs> I I you know I need to do laundry and and uh, and before I know it I'm kind of off doing that and when I'm in the coffee shop I. I don't. <laughs> yeah, there's something about those other people, total strangers holding you accountable. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, the so- they're going to know the if I'm slacking off. The social standards. It, it, you know, <laughs> at an office, you're supposed to look like you're at an office and you're working. At a coffee shop, you're supposed to look like you're at a coffee shop, which is kind of similar to being in an office. It's like sit yeah. behind the computer, look at the computer, and look, you know, like a person at a coffee shop. You know, stand up and do your laundry. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. That's that's a good point. It is recreating that whole uh if you can see them working then maybe they're actually working. Right, right. right. <laughs> Not always true. <laughs> Not always true, but no, uh, no. At least it looks that way, which is which is the beginning. So. Well, Bree, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed having you on the Yonder podcast. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. This was awesome. Very happy to talk to you.